Good morning. How are we doing? Welcome in, everybody, to a second episode of a new era podcast hosted here by Freddy and OG Fred. If you didn't catch the first episode with our introductions, my name is Hanson, better known as Freddy Online, and I'm here with my dad, the OG Fred. Dad, would you like to say hi this morning? Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Hanson. How are you feeling today? Cold. Very cold. That's how I'm feeling. Too cold. Um, we we did a bit of an introduction in the first episode as to what we'll be talking about in this podcast going forward. So we're not going to jump back onto that today. We're kind of going to roll straight into the topics. Uh, what we do have on tap here today, though, we're going to recap the remaining games from Wildcard Weekend that we didn't talk about in the first episode and uh, kind of circle back around how our picks did. Uh, then we're going to jump into a full seven-round mock draft for the Patriots at this current moment. We're going to do that together. We've got a mock draft that uh, simulates trades and stuff like that as well because you know the Patriots love to trade down, or at least Bills did. Bill Belichick's Patriots did, so we'll, uh, we'll jump on that. Uh, we've got a conversation about who are we more confident to win the title this year. The Bruins or the Celtics both have been very dominant. Uh, so far in their early seasons, and now that we're moving out of football season soon, uh, we got to start paying attention to some other oh, sports. Don't say it so. I know, I know. It, it comes and it goes so quickly. So sad. Um, but we'll we'll jump right into that then. So we we mentioned the Texans game. We mentioned the Texans Browns game. We mentioned the what was the other one on Saturday that I'm missing. The uh, Lions and no, 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 Chiefs, Chiefs, Dolphins. That's the one we talked about. I'm blanking here early on. Um, so we mentioned the Lions, the Bills game, the Bucks, and the Cowboys game on our first episode. And I've got those picks here. Do you remember what you said for everything? Um, yeah, I, I think I said uh, definitely the Lions. We're going to win. I know I said the Bills. I think I said it was like 27-10 Bills. Um, what else was there? Um, and then the Eagles and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I said the Bucks are only going to score 10 points. No, you said 24. You said... You said the Bucks. You said the Eagles will soar. If you remember yeah. that pun that you gave. Yeah, I did say that. That's right. I said the Steelers would only score ten to thirteen points. You did. So um, I've got, I've got all of them here. I went through and pulled them from the first episode. Um, rather than the eight picks, the over and the under and the spread for every game, um, you also had the Pollard anytime touchdown call, which did hit, and I said. I was talking about the box money line as well as the spread. So we've got nine picks in there. Dad, you went two and seven. Holy shit. I know. I know. <laughs> I didn't do too much better at four and five. Um, but we'll recap some of this real quick. So we'll start off number one with the first game on Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. Um, we were both on the Cowboys spread. And we loved this. Um I don't know what there is to say about this outside of the fact that Mike McCarthy needs to be fired. Uh, the Cowboys oh, yeah. are terrible. Cowboys are a terrible organization. 
Yeah, Bill Belichick's team. Yeah, like you mentioned as well. Let's see if that comes to fruition. But uh, we both – no, you had the under. I had the over. Somebody had to hit, and I did. Um, although I had said the over relied on the Cowboys because I thought it was going to be a Cowboys yeah. beatdown. Uh, flipped the script a little bit, and it was a Packers beatdown. But uh, So we both missed Cowboys spread there. You missed the under. I missed the over. You got the Pollard anytime touchdown right off the dome, too. That was, that was pretty impressive. I threw that out at you just out on a limb, and you were able to pull that one out of your ass. So that was pretty good. Um, do, you, do you see the Packers having any fighting chance this week against the 49ers? I, I know we all wrote them off against the Cowboys this past week, but should we be doing that again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think San Francisco... Getting healthy in San Francisco, um, as well as, you know, it's really cool to see that young quarterbacks, although, I mean, can you say Jordan Love is a young quarterback sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for three years, finally of getting course. his chance? I mean, he's young in the fact that he hasn't played, um, but yet... Um, yeah, it's great to see, you know, when you draft. There's been plenty of misses out there. Back um, but right now, you know, I, I think you got Jordan Love doing well, C.J. Stroud doing well, Baker Mayfield after his third team or doing well, uh, finally. But, yeah, you got to get into that right system, you know. And these guys are playing well. But. Talking about system guys, Brock Purdy, definitely a system guy. And I think San Francisco will end Green Bay Packers run here. Let's hope we don't get this one wrong um, this time around. You know, I swear to God, if the Packers burn us again, we might actually have to give them a little credit come come then. That'd be the conference championship next weekend. Oh, my God, this is flying by. so I've got at the current lines that I'm seeing 49ers minus 10 over under 50 and a half. Give me a quick lean on that. Wow. And yeah, I mean, I know San Francisco's defense is a lot, a lot better than the Cowboys. And I think offensively they will ground a pound, keep it, um, you know, a, a shorter game if you will um so yeah i'll i'll still stay san francisco the points and i will go i'll go over no over with a shorter game interesting um okay i like the reasoning though i mean everything that i would have said i'm going san fran minus 10 i'm gonna go under 50 and a half here um you know, we'll flip the script. I said over last week. I'll say under this week. It's probably going to end up being wrong, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I had a, I, I mixed up the schedule there. That's actually Saturday night's game. The first game we've got on Saturday is the Texans and C.J. Stroud coming into Baltimore, trying to continue the Cinderella story. Uh, we've got Ravens minus nine at the current moment, over under 44. Give me your leans on this game. Wow. I mean, I would love to see this Houston Texan story continue. 
Um, but you are going into Baltimore. It is going to be cold. Um, I'll still stay with Baltimore, the points, and I'll take under. Okay. Um, now, there is completely a world in which the Houston Texans go into Baltimore this weekend and they get pummeled. Um, I, I was on the Browns last week. I was sad to do it. I would love, I would have loved to be rooting on CJ Stroud, and and they are a fun team to watch. And God damn it, I'm gonna do it this week. I'm not taking the money line. I'm not taking them to win, but I'm taking the plus nine. I think this could be a close game, and we'll go over forty-four. Um. All right. So the first game on Sunday, then we move over to the second day of the weekend. We've got the Tampa Bay Bucks at the Detroit Lions. Before I get into the Lions here, we've got two of those games that we did predict. Um, so we've got the Lions who faced the Rams. Uh, do you remember, you, you said you remember you did the Lions here. Yeah. Uh, you were close to, you should have never corrected me when I, when I had mentioned that everybody was on the Rams because you had said Rams plus three originally. You would have hit that. We both missed the line spread in this game with the three points, although what a game it was to watch. You know, I'm, I'm happy to lose the spread in what was the best game of wildcard weekend, being able to watch that and everything. Uh, we both had the over, too. It was an unnecessarily high over. It was at 53.5. Total came in at 47, so we both missed that, too. So when 0-2 in that game, we're not looking so hot. But did I not say that? Matthew Stroud was going to have an opportunity to Matthew win. Matthew Stroud? I mean, what am I saying? Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Goodness. You, you did. Uh, but I don't think it was him. I don't think he threw a pick. Unless I'm... Did he? Am I thinking of something else? I remember the uh, ARSB first down on second and nine that ended up winning him the game. Um, but I, I don't remember a pick at the end there. Yeah, no, but... I mean, it was a tight game. Yeah, you did say it was close. We did say it was close, yeah. and that was, that was a great game. Um, so then the other side of this game, Tampa Bay, who had the Eagles come and visit down there in Florida and absolutely whooped up on them. Now, I told you this. I, I noted this for the podcast. I took buck spread, money line. Yeah. yeah. We hit those. Uh, yeah. You had the Eagle spread. Missed there. We both had the over. We missed there. I think uh, <laughs> I think that's because of the fact that the Eagles looked terrible and couldn't put up any more than nine points. I mean, the over-under was set at 43, 43 and a half. If we literally get a field goal out of the Eagles, we hit that one too. Uh, but they just looked terrible. So that recaps our picks on those games at least. But moving on to the present, we've got the Bucks six and a half point underdogs. Going into Detroit, we've got the over-under set at 48.5. Give me your leans on this game. I mean, obviously, Bucks are extremely hot. It would be sad to end this, this Detroit run and, and what they're doing for the city. Um, but you know what? I did it wrong last week. I am... I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Going Tampa Bay to win, or are you taking the six and a half? Um, I'll take 
six and a half. And I will go over. Over. So you're staying away from Bucks money line. You're taking the spread. He said, I'll take the Bucks, but you're just taking yeah. the points. All right. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking too much here. I just said quick lean. You know what? Quick lean. Quick lean. I'm also going Bucks six and a half, I think. I think if, if that game is a one point game with the Rams, I don't think that the Rams are five points, six points better. Or the Bucks are six points better than the Rams going into this game. Um, yeah, you're in Detroit, um, but you're in a dome. Don't have to worry about any shitty weather this week. Um, I'll take Bucks plus six and a half to keep it close. Maybe a field goal game. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just worried I'll that go... the emotion and everything is just going to go the wrong way for the Lions. It'll well, be a lot happens. tighter. That happens. Yeah. You can see this happen to teams in the playoffs, um, especially ones like Detroit, where, I mean, we mentioned it earlier this week. That was their Super Bowl. Um, they they needed to win that game, and they did, and it was a lot tighter than I think they wanted it to be. Um, but maybe you got a little too much emotion, a little too much, you know, carrying over from the wild card weekend, and, and maybe you fall flat on your face. So, um you know, I'm not anticipating that. I still think they win the game, but I think six and a half points. Seeing how both teams played this last week, I think six and a half is a little too much. Uh, but at 48 and a half, I'm going to go, ooh, man. I'll go over there as well with you. We're probably going to go over two on that, but who cares? Um, and then the last one, the game of the week here. Oh, God, they did. NFL did such a good job scheduling these games than they did this weekend. Uh, absolute masterclass of where they put these we've got the chiefs and the bills at 6 30 p.m on sunday to close out the weekend um before we get into the lines there the last picks we had were for the bills and the sealers game uh we both went one-on-one here wasn't too bad we were on the same side both ways we both hit the bill spread we both had the under which ended up missing but i don't think we could have expected uh even the steelers to put up 17 points there so Hopefully we can rebound this week a little bit. We've got, at the current moment, Buffalo Bills favored by three at home. We've got over-under set at 45.5. Let me hear it, Dad. Yeah, Buffalo. Um, they will, this time, beat the Chiefs um, in overtime. And I will go with the over. So you're taking the three? Yep. Okay, so you think overtime by a touchdown then? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, when I was building out our agenda yesterday, and when I was looking at this line, it was two and a half. And I was definitely going to go Bills, two and a half, because I think you take it with a field goal. Like you said, in overtime, I think this is going to be a very close game. But at plus three... Uh, it's never good to make a pick hoping for a push, but this line that I've seen is probably the first one all year that I'd be the most confident in a push all year. Um, I, I'm picking the Bills to win. Let me state that now. I want the Bills to win. I'm picking the Bills to win, but I don't think they're getting above three points. So I think I'm going to take Kansas City plus three here and anticipate Bills winning by a field goal in overtime, potentially, or right at the end of the game, and kind of hoping for a push. 
Um, but I'm taking Kansas City plus three here to keep it close. And then over under 45 and a half, let's go. Let's go over. I think, yeah, I think both these offenses are going to be clicking. I mean, we see the games that happen when Josh Allen and Mahomes are on the field. They're instant classics. Um, I think they'll put up some points this week. I'm going to be over in that game as well. So that'll round them out. Um, I will, you know, take note of those. And then once we come back for episode three, we'll hopefully do better than two and seven and four and five this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but we will see. Good luck to all the teams in wildcard or not wildcard weekend now, divisional round weekend. And let's hope for some more good games. Maybe not as many blowouts as we had this first week. Um, okay. So. That'll move us into our second segment here. This one I'm pretty excited about, and I think you I are too. too. I am too. Yeah. I mean, we, we do this stuff all the time. You and me love to talk about, you know, potential draft picks and stuff like that. So we thought, screw it. Let's just put up a seven-round mock draft together. So I'm going to share my screen with you here, Dad, so you can see this as we do this live. And... I'll pull this up here. So we're using nfldraftbuzz.com backslash simulator. Uh, lets you have your choice of teams, um, the speed at which the picks, you do get trades. It's got the trade value chart. Um, I'm not changing anything from that. I'm just going to keep it at the standard Jimmy Johnson. Um, but let me go in here. I'll pick the Patriots, and we'll get this started. So... Um, like I said, they are going to propose trades to us here, so we'll go over those together before we make a decision. But this will go semi-quickly um, when we're not on the board or when we're not on the clock ready to pick. So just keep that in mind. But here we go. Start draft. So in the first pick and the second pick, as, as we probably noticed, we got Caleb Williams going number one to the Chicago Bears. We've got Marvin Harrison Jr., going to the commanders at number two so that leaves us available here at number three we've got drake may on the board but let's look at a couple of trade offers that come in we've got one with the arizona cardinals where they would trade up one pick we'd get pick four we'd get pick 35 in the second round we'd get pick 140 in the fifth round and we'd get a second in 2025 along with star safety buddha baker i really like that one We've got one with the Broncos where we pick up pick 12. We drop, you know, nine spots there in the first. We'd pick up pick 76 in the third round. We'd get a first, second, and third in 2025 along with wide receiver Jerry Judy. We've got one with the Las Vegas Raiders where we would move back 10 spots to pick 13 in the first. We'd pick up pick 44 in the second. We'd pick up pick 112 in the fourth round, along with a first and second in 2025. And then our last one is with the Detroit Lions. We'd get pick 30 in the first, pick 93 in the third, a first in 2025, and Jameer Gibbs. I'm not going to lie, all these are great, but, but how are you feeling about these? Um, as much as there's some value later, first round next year, you know, building. The one actually I probably would like the best would be the Cardinals one, only because you're just dropping back one slot. Now, I've seen, I saw one, I think actually this morning, 
which I really liked, and I wish it would have come up. The Atlanta Falcons had offered one to Boston. So you drop back, and then the second, and then use the second and another draft that we got to move back up into the first round. Um, yeah. So we'd have two first-round picks. I loved that one. But uh, if we're going to do anything here, bolster up the defense. Um, could you imagine Buda Baker and Kyle Duggar together? Yeah. Well, the, I'm happy you said the Cardinals one because while, you know, the Broncos one may be flashy, first, second, and third next year, Jerry, Judy, we do need offensive weapons. Um, I do like the Cardinals one a little more. You move down just a spot. They're not taking our quarterback here, I don't think. So I think we're just going to move down a spot. We're still going to have our choice at who we'd want. Throwing the rock. Um, you, uh, Buda Baker, I love Buda Baker. I'm just a big fan of Buda Baker. Um, yes, him and Duggar would be great, but you got to keep in mind, too, um, Duggar is an impending free agent this year. Um, so I, I think we do probably bring him back. I would really hope so. Um, but if we don't, that is a great replacement right there in Buda Baker. So we're going to go ahead and accept that trade. We're going to gain the fourth pick overall, the 35th pick, an additional second there, an additional fifth, and a second in 2025. And we'll see what Arizona does with this pick. They're going to take Malik Neighbors, number three overall. They do need a weapon, so that makes sense. We've got some more trade offers coming in for pick four here. We've got the New York Giants offering the number six pick. So we moved down two uh, and the 39 pick in the second round along with Bobby Okereke, linebacker. We've got the Jets offering the 10th overall pick, a first, second, and seventh in 2025. And no. we've got, the, yeah, no. And, and we've got the Las Vegas Raiders offering just Max Crosby. I guess in this situation, they are not hiring Antonio Pierce. Um, if we're going to do anything, I think it's the Giants one. But how are you feeling about this before we pull the trigger? Um, I mean, that would give us three top second round. We would have 34, 35, and 39. But you know darn well, Giants are going to take a quarterback here. So do we like Jaden Daniels? which would be the next option over Drake May. Um, or, you know, I mean, we already got 34 and 35. And I'm, yeah, I'm worried that they'll take Drake May here. And I think his upside is a lot better, even though Jane Daniels, Heisman winner. Um, I think I want to go. Drake me, so we'll decline all trades. I'm I'm happy you made that decision because honestly, either way, I I would have been fine with Drake May or Daniels, but I mean I think I've stated this to you. This is the first time I'll be stating it on the pod, but I like Drake May better than any quarterback in this draft class. Um, yes, Caleb Williams is a phenomenal talent, but um, I think just what's going to translate better to the pros, I think it's going to be Drake May. I love Drake May. I want him as the quarterback of the Patriots next year. Um, and as much as it would be great to add another second, uh, Bobby Okereke is a great linebacker as well. Absolutely adds up tackles. 
uh, and he is just going to be a menace in the defensive backfield now, there. Now, hold on one second. Let me think a little bit more here. Because... Because they are, they are trading up. You are right. They are trading up in this scenario because they are going to jump us by two picks, and this will be Drake May. The only other thought here, and how much more time do we have? We've, we've got a little bit, but for the sake of you know keeping this a little realistic, let's not stick too long on this trade offer. Yeah, no. The only other thought, follow up a Michigan quarterback with another Michigan quarterback. We can still grab J.J. McCarthy. I'm going to shoot that shit down right now. I do, I do not want J.J. McCarthy in New England. I No, the self-proclaimed or by his coach, the best quarterback in college football history who throws the ball like 11 times in a national championship game. I don't want J.J. McCarthy. All right. So let's miss all trades. And let's grab our Drake May. All right, let's do it. We're going to reject these. Drake May. Welcome to New England. You are the new franchise quarterback of the New England Patriots. That feels good. So we'll move on here. We got Joe Alt, fifth. Got Brock Bowers, seventh. Jaden Daniels, eight to the Falcons. We saw that one coming. Michael Penix, tenth to the Jets. Bo Nix, twelfth wow. to the Broncos. Keon Coleman, damn, that sucks. The Saints at 14. Dallas Turner at 15 to the Colts. Jared Verse, 17 to the Jaguars. Cooper DeGene, what was that? 19 to the Bucks. Kool-Aid McKinstry, 20th. Oh my God, this is moving quick. I don't know how they do this in real time. It's obviously not this quick, but. Uh, and we're getting here. Troy Franklin to the Eagles at 27. I don't mind that too much. Damn, the wide receivers are, are flying off the board here. All right, but that'll conclude round one. And here we go. We're up to our pick that we acquired from the Cardinals earlier in this mock draft. Uh, let's explore some of these trade offers. We've got Atlanta trying to come in and swoop. For this pick, number 34 overall, offering a first in 2025, a fourth in 2025, and Jonu Smith. Uh, do, do we really want to bring him back <laughs> next? No, we don't. We, we've got the Commanders offering a fifth in the number 141 overall, a fifth this year, a sixth this year, a 181 overall, and a first-round pick in 2025. Uh, Washington, I think you're just going to be coming up a little short there with that trade proposal. And then the Vikings offering TJ Hawkinson straight up for number 34 overall. Are any of these catching your eye? I mean, we're going to need a tight end. We are. And Yeah. And we have the next pick. So, so here, here, wow. while you're thinking then, would you, because keep in mind, Jacecki and uh, Hunter Henry, if I'm not mistaken, are both free agents this upcoming year. Let me pull yeah. this up. We've got, yeah. yeah, unrestricted free agent in Mike Gusecki, unrestricted free agent in Hunter Henry. Uh, Gusecki, 28, Hunter Henry, 29. Um, so, I mean... None of them are too young. They're not too old either that we can't get something out of them, something left in the tank. We were going to need to take a tight end somewhere in this mock draft anyways. Do we use a pick instead to grab one of the better ones in the league? But keep in mind, too, this guy just tore his MCL and, I think, ACL in week like 16. 
So we could be getting them, but you might not be getting them at full speed for week one. You might not be getting them on full speed until maybe week six, week eight. Um, or do we want to stick the young route? Yeah, with the point that he is injured, we probably won't see him until six, week six or week eight. I was thinking, let's skip all these and let's draft. Because I think there's still a couple tight ends that we could probably get in early in the third if we need to. Absolutely. I, I like that too, as much as it hurts to pass up on TJ Hawkinson. Um, I, I think there's, you know, we can we can find a diamond in the rough sort of prospect here at tight end. And I think, um, you know, Hawkinson is a great tight end. He's a, he's a great receiving tight end. But one thing that I think is going to carry over from Mayo's Patriots, or from Belichick's Patriots to Mayo's Patriots, is going to be the fact that they're going to want real big blocking tight ends still too. And I think that's what we're going to have to target here later in this draft, uh, rather than such a receiving threat. Uh, but I could be wrong too. We could be switching up the offense a little bit. But we're going to go ahead and reject this, and we're going to look who we have available at number 34 overall. The top available options, we got Brian Thomas, wide receiver out of LSU, Cameron Kinchins, safety out of Miami, Florida, Tyler Dubin, safety out of Minnesota, Amika Igbuka, I, I can never say his name correctly. That's the wide receiver out of Ohio State. However, we're not going to take him in this situation because I'm pretty sure he's already mentioned that he is going to return to school for 2024. Uh, Leonard Taylor, de Leonard Taylor, defensive lineman out of Miami. Chop Robinson, edge out of Penn State. Lad McConkey, wide receiver out of Georgia. And outside of that, I don't think we're going to go too much farther down, except maybe for a guy like Xavier Worthy out of Texas. Um, I will say, after quarterback, I, I made a list of our needs. The next biggest one, I think, would be offensive tackle here. However... I don't know, outside of maybe, yeah, Tyler Guyton uh, in Oklahoma. I don't know if there's anybody we want to reach for, for offensive tackle here. Well, again, um, again we got the next pick. We do. So I'm going to so go. So we could get him. Yeah, yeah, I would say let's go the receiver out of Georgia. Georgia? Lad McConkey? You're taking Lad McConkey over Brian Thomas? I can pull up here, and if you look, I've got their draft profiles here as well. We've got Brian Thomas, 6'4", 205, role as an outside X receiver, which we probably do need. Uh, ran a 4'4", 40. Um, they're giving him 78% at hands, 84% uh, short receiving, 88% intermediate, 93% deep threat, along with a 66% blocking. Uh, and then if we look at Ladd here, We've got, did I just pass him? I think I did. Yep. Lad here. We've got six foot, 185, role as a multi role receiver, uh, four, five, nine, 40. We've got 69% at hands, 84% at short receiving, 89% at intermediate, 85 at deep threat, and a 66 blocking. <coughs> my vote, my vote would go Thomas here. But but let us let me know where where we're gonna go. Yeah, I, I'll. I mean, you are correct. We need an X. We need someone because you have Douglas who will be in the slot. So we'll go there. We'll go Thomas. I like that. And it, it, you do bring up a great point with McConkey. That seems like such a Patriots guy. Um, but that could be yeah. an old 
the old Patriots way there. Um, you know, we, we could be going for a guy like Brian Thomas under Gerard Mayo because, you know, he sees he sees a higher upside. He sees more talent. Um, but but I like that pick. I like that pick as getting Drake May a weapon here um, because we definitely need to bolster those up. So we're going to go ahead and take Brian Thomas here. And that brings us to 35. We got some more trade offers. We're going to run through these pretty quickly here. We got the Rams offering two six-round picks, number 214, number 218 overall, a first in 2025, a fourth in 2025, Kevin Dotson, offensive guard. We've got the Dallas Cowboys offering a fourth this year at 124, a first-rounder in 2025, and linebacker Damone Clark, who was low-key a menace this year. Damone Clark was very good. And then we've got the Seattle Seahawks offering number 118 overall in the fourth round this year and a first-rounder in 2025. Any of these catching your eye, or you want to take our guy here? Let's take our guy. Let's take our uh, tackle. Tyler Guyton. Let's read yep. the tackle, yep. Yep, I love it. I love it. We're on the same page here. All right, let me go grab Guyton. Uh, quick little profile for him. We've got a 6'7", 327 offensive tackle. I didn't know this guy was that big, but, I mean, that's essentially like replacing Trent Brown with Trent Brown. Uh, 5'10", 40, 80% on the run, or on the pass blocking, 67% on the run blocking, overall rating of an 86.3 out of 100 prospect. We're going to lock him in at our number 35 overall pick, and we're going to start moving in the second here. So we got Tyler Newbin, Leonard Taylor. We got Lad McConkey going to the Titans here. Chop Robinson to the Commanders. Uh, so yeah, we weren't too far off on Lad. JJ McCarthy to the Saints. Xavier Worthy to the Colts. JJ in New Orleans. That's interesting. How do you feel about that one? Yeah. As we wait here for our next pick. Oh, I mean, Jameis Winston is gone. So. Yeah, I mean, they still got Derek Carr there uh, for a couple of years, but I think, you know, I, I don't think he's your guy or anything like that. You know, they're they're probably looking for a succession plan. I think J.J. McCarthy could maybe do some things there. I don't know. If you, if you kind of retool the offense um, to be a little more run heavy, I think that would definitely help out J.J. a little more. And with the Saints just firing their offensive coordinator, maybe it could happen. All right, so we've pulled up here on pick number 68 overall in the third round. We got two trade offers coming in, one from the Cincinnati Bengals, a second, fourth, and seventh in 2025, and Charlie Jones at wide receiver. I'm not going to lie, I don't even know who this guy is. He's probably like seventh wide receiver on the depth chart. We're not going to take that one. And then we've got the Cleveland Browns offering also a second, fourth, and seventh in 2025, along with wide receiver Jalen Darden, uh, return specialist. But I don't think either of these are, are flashy enough that would, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna reject these ones, and we're gonna look at who we've got available. So we've got the, my top three needs that I had identified going into this podcast: quarterback, offensive tackle, wide receiver. We've handled all three of those with our first three picks. The next ones in in that order that I've got: I've got edge, tight end, cornerback, safety, and linebacker. Edge, I didn't want to put up there because we're losing uh, Josh Uche. And well, potentially he's he's a free agent, and and Free Jennings as well. Um, I know he's been more of a special teams role player, but he has been playing the edge, and he was he was pretty good this year. Um, so there's a possibility both of those aren't back. I think an edge would be something good to target here. But let me know if you've got any other positions of need or anything else you'd want to look for in these available players. You know, one of the things I quickly saw um, again, I think it was last night or this morning. 
We need to look for a receiving running back. We do. Here's the, here's the running backs we have. You're thinking Bucky Irving, yeah? Yeah. I, I don't think we take him here, if anything, just because uh, currently there's still Blake Horm on the board, Trey Benson, Travion Henderson, then Bucky Irving, then there's your guy, Will Shipley, and Donovan Edwards, who's also a great receiving back. We saw that in the national championship. Um, Audrick Esteem, the Notre, ba- Notre Dame quarterback, just want to put this note out there. I think he's going to be an absolute gem in dynasty football. Don't you dare take him in our draft for me. Uh, Braylon Allen and so forth. So I, I don't think we need to reach on a running back here. If you wanted to secure, secure your guy, we could do that. Um, or, or just wait till the fourth. Uh, or do we have... No. We've got one third, one fourth, and two fifths. That, that was the other one that we picked up from the Cardinals in this mock. So uh, we will have to wait around, but are you, are you sure on taking Bucky or anything here? Do you want to look at maybe an edge, maybe a linebacker, a safety to fill in some impending needs? I think we have to go really cornerback. I think we can yeah. wait till the next round, hopefully maybe add some picks in the fourth, to be able to get a tight end and a running back. So let's uh, let's look at a cornerback. I think that is okay. a definite need that we're going to have to have. I love that idea. Great, great call, hypothetical GM. I'm trying to pick up another pick in the fourth here to bolster our depth in this draft. So cornerbacks we've got available, Kalen Carson out of Wake Forest, Max Melton out of Rutgers. Uh, that almost makes too much sense. I was looking at him a little, but don't we love our Rutgers guys? Uh, there's a lot of safety still available, and then Chris Abrams drain from Missouri, along with Kyrie Jackson. Those are the top four cornerbacks we still got available on the board. Uh, let me pull up the draft profile here for the first couple. We got Kalen Carson, six foot, one ninety five, role as an outside man press corner, four four eight forty, and they're giving him a seventy two percent tackling grade. 83% in the run defense, 74% in coverage, 70% in zone, 73% at man press with an overall rating of 85.4. We've got Max Melton out of Rutgers, 6 foot 190, role as an outside man press corner, 44440. We've got 50% at tackling, that might be a little worrisome. Uh, 71% at run defense, 78% at coverage, 71% at zone. at man press for an overall grading of 83.0. And then let me pull up one more here for Chris Abrams' drain. We'll make the decision probably between these three guys. Chris Abrams, 5'11", 178, a role as a dual-role man press cornerback. Ran a 4'4", 2'40", 84% at tackling, 67% at run defense, 92% at coverage, 87% in zone, 88% at man press, an overall rating of 82.6. Um, obviously he's got the better grades, but I think, you know, if we're going to keep our defense kind of similar to what we've seen in years past, I think this, this pick almost makes too much sense with being his own coverage guy with being a guy that can tackle your, you're pretty confident in his tackling ability, maybe be able to throw him in that weird nickel role, the, the hybrid role that we do, um, out of these three cornerbacks that we've still got available, which one are you leaning? Which one do you make, make the call? Here. I mean, I like. Yeah, I like that that kid's stats is is upside. What though? And I know 
between six feet and five eleven, really, what's the difference? But mm-hmm. I think we need, you know, someone listed at six feet alongside uh, our number one pick this past year. So let's go with the the number one kid off the board that's rated. Let's go Carson. Carson out of Wake Forest. Let's do it. Welcome yep. to New England, Kalen. All right, so we're going to sit here and wait for round four. That, that's a great, great analysis there. I love that. There was one more corner that I had done a mock draft yesterday. Um, and potentially if he drops to us later, we could pick him up. It's Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon. I know you love your big corners. Oh, my God. Can I pull up his draft profile, please? Holy shit. Um, this guy looks like a freaking gem. 6'3", 195, outside man, press corner, ran a 4'4'40", 88% at tackling, 85% at run defense, 80% at coverage, 76% at zone, 78% man press um, for an 82.5 overall rating. I think, you know, we could see some, but that is somebody that we could actually see get picked up by the Patriots. Uh, but it's giving me a little bit of PTSD when it comes to Joe Quan Williams out of Vanderbilt. Do you remember that guy? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Huge corner that we thought was going to pan out and then he just stunk. But uh, yeah, he was also 6'3 or 6'4 if I'm, if I'm correct. Um, okay, so we've got our fourth round pick here, number one oh three overall. We've got some trade offers to go not through. Off, let's yeah, go. not offering any drafts, so let's get rid of that. Yeah, uh, just for the viewers here, we got Rob Havenstein, uh, the offensive tackle from the Rams. That's their offer, just for him straight up. But we are looking for some draft assets, so we're gonna politely decline that one. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, this might be exactly what we were looking for. Almost, we got them adding in one fifteen overall. Uh, a fourth round pick and a fifth round pick and 151 overall. So we add to to have three fifths in this scenario, along with Max Sharping. I think I'm saying that correctly. Offensive guard from the Bengals. Um, offensive line depth isn't isn't bad to have. I do like this one, but let's check out the others. Yep. We've got the Chicago Bears offering uh, pick ten in the fourth round. So we'd only move back. Was it? Seven, yeah, seven places here. 110 overall. We'd also add a six rounder, 186 overall, and a sixth in 2025. I don't mind that, especially because, no. um, I mean, granted, yeah, the Bengals are offering us 115 overall, but you're getting five more spots on that, and you're getting an additional sixth next year, then, too. Um, and then we've got ah, oh, a division rival, gross. We've got the Miami Dolphins offering a fourth and a fifth in 2025, along with defensive tackle Brandon Pilly, Pilly, whatever it may be. Um, I don't like the Dolphins. I don't like the Rams. I'd probably lean the Bears slightly over the Bengals, but if, if you're going to come here and say that you like the Bengals offer more right now, I'm fine to pull the trigger on that one as well. Yeah, I think it gives us that opportunity, what we just said. We want an extra pick out of in this draft and we get um um offensive line depth. So let's go with the Bengals. Let's go with the Bengals. All right. I like that one. Um he started zero games this year. I'm just noticing that. He hasn't started a game for Cincinnati when signing with them. Um but in his first three years in Houston from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one, he started a good amount of games. 
Um, I'm not seeing any sacks or any any stats on that here, but I guess we're going to have to become familiar with Max Sharping in this scenario. So we're going to accept this trade, and we're going to wait about 12 more picks until we're back on the board. Ah, oh, there goes your guy, Will Shipley, to Los Angeles. Audrey Christine going to the Vikings. I love, oh my God, I love that landing spot. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, we got some wide receivers going off the board. Marshawn Lloyd running back out of USC going to the Jaguars. And now we are up to our next pick. Oh, we've got some more trade offers. We got the Jaguars trying to trade back up a pick. They are currently at 116. We are sandwiched between them at 114, 116. They're offering us 116, a sixth in 2025. And Nathan Rourke, quarterback, if that was anybody else, I feel like this would be more appealing, but this guy's just going to get cut. Am I right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So we've got the Rams offering 157 and 158, both fifth-round picks this year, along with 191 overall, a sixth-round pick. That's definitely adding some depth. I don't hate that one. But that does mean we're going to trade out of the fourth here. Let's keep that in the back of our mind. And we already have three in the fifth, so I'm... We do. Uh, we've got the Texans offering 126 overall, so we move back 11 more spots, and 163 overall in the fifth. I don't, I don't mind that. Um, I don't mind that. Yeah, and then we've got the Packers offering a fourth and fifth in 2025. Sorry, Packers, that's not going to do it. Before we pull the trigger on this Texans one, if, if you want to make the call here, I am going to pull back up the big board for who we've got available. Um, keep in mind, we have our quarterback, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and a corner so far. Um, so we still need edge, tight end, maybe a safety in the case that we get some that leave Jalen Mills or, um, if Jalen Mills or Kyle Duggar don't come back and then linebackers, you know, the Patriots always love drafting the linebackers getting depth there. Oh, look, just as you were saying, receiving running back, Bucky Irving is gone. But the man Donovan Edwards, national championship hero, is sitting there right in our face. Do, do you want to take the receiving back in Donovan Edwards here? Potentially. Or do you want to go and move back another 10 spots, pick up another pick, and then reevaluate there? No. I want to take... We desperately need... I mean, Ramondre can catch the ball, but... You know, in this era that a back is not three down anymore, we have to take somebody else. Let's take young man out of Michigan. Taking Donovan. I like it. I like it. That would be awesome. I think he would be a stud here for fantasy purposes, dynasty-wise. Uh, that would be a great target. So we're going to take Donovan Edwards, lock him in there at number 115 overall in the fourth. And now we're going to get into our round. We're going to wait until the fifth here. We've got 139, 140, and 151 coming up in the fifth. Um, <clears throat> talk to me a little bit. How, how are you liking this draft so far? With the weapons we're getting, um, I, obviously, go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually really liking the fact that right off the bat, we took our top three needs and got some guys to plug in and play immediately. Um, so at this point, you know, as I, I love the fact in, in the fifth, we have three picks. I think we have to target tight end linebacker and then, um, 
it pro probably um another center center so you're Andrews getting you're old not worried so about I think safety need... here no because remember we got Buda Baker and I think Duggar will resign ah I forget in this situation we did get Buda Baker okay yeah yeah so maybe we can take that off the needs okay um all right, so our, our pick is available here. Jalen Ford, the linebacker out of Texas, just went to the Browns at 138. We've got 139 and 140 here. Um, let's let's go look for our tight end. Are yeah. you good with that in, in the fifth here? Let's get the guy that we want to get. Um, so, so the ones that we have available right now, McAllen Castles. What a name. Oh, my goodness. Out of Tennessee. Look at this guy. 6'5", 252, running a 4'7", 40, roll as a slot multi-roll tight end. Uh, you got 71% hand, 79% short receiving, 82% intermediate routes, 76% deep threat, 73% blocking. Definitely catching my eye, <clears throat> mostly because I... Absolutely, and I'm sure the kid, I mean, I think we saw a couple games he made some catches with Tennessee, although... Um, they were probably throwing it deep more than to him, but I do like that. I am a fan of that guy at first glance. We've got uh, Ben Sinat. I might be mispronouncing that, but 6'4", 245 out of Kansas State. Role as an inline multi-role tight end. Um, you got 83% hands, 87% short receiving, 93% intermediate, 94% deep threat, 75% blocking. This guy looks a little more like a receiving threat, but he does have the blocking capabilities there. That is nice to see. We've got AJ Barner, 6'6", 251 out of Michigan, inline multi-role tight end, 4740, 70% hands, 72% short receiving, 77% intermediate. 70% deep threat, 62% blocking. We're seeing a bit of a drop-off there. Um, we've got Trey Knox, tight end out of South Carolina, 6'5", 237, inline multi-role tight end, 4'4", 40, 70. Wait, did I read that right? 4'4", 40 for a tight end. That's crazy fast. Uh, we've got 71% at hands. This, yeah, this kid was something... Coming into college, if really? I recall. Yeah. Um, well, here we go. Trey Knox, Blackman High School, four-star rated recruit by ESPN, four-star grade by 24-7 Sports. Uh, after high school, opted to join Arkansas, and looks like he transferred there. But um, So we got 71% at hand, 75% short receiving, 81% intermediate, 65% deep threats, 61% blocking. And then I'm going to look at this last guy, and we'll make our choice between them. Austin Stogner out of Oklahoma, 6'6", 255, 47940, inline receiving tight end role. You've got 73% at the hands, 65% short receiving, 66% intermediate, 64% deep threat, and a 45% in the blocking department. Um, you know, I like Trey Knox. I like the upside there, but I think my vote would go to McAllen Castles. But, but how are you feeling about these tight ends, Dad? I was going to say, uh, love the name as well um that's sick, and right? he's the top yeah and he is the top rated remaining and i think if we want to maybe we can always go after that kid from south carolina later even maybe in, in the fifth the oh, wait, early we are in six the, in the six yeah yeah so so we could bolster too 
I mean, that height and that speed, that's crazy. That is, but I think that's we have to go. Yeah. Crazy weapon. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get what looks to be the most well-versed tight end on the board here still. McAllen Castles. What a name. I'm never going to get over that. Uh, welcome to New England. Now, at 140, we've got this pick here. We just uh, addressed the tight end need. Um, you, you pick the need on this one. You, you steer the ship. Where are we going with pick 140 overall? Uh, we have to go linebacker. Okay. I like it. Uh, linebackers available. We got Tyron Hopper out of Missouri. 6'2", 221, multi-role linebacker. 53% tackling, 75% pass rush, 69% run defense, 57% coverage for an overall rating of 79.8. We've got Ben Bywater out of BYU. This guy just looks like a Patriot. Um, a, a BYU linebacker. Tell me how much sense that makes for the Pats there. Yeah. We got 6'3", <laughs> 235, multi-role linebacker, 67% tackling, 60% pass for us, 64% run defense, 59% coverage for an overall grade of 78.7. We've got Michael Barrett out of Michigan, six foot, Another, 239, yeah. multi role linebacker, 4540, 73% tackling, 90% pass rush, 75% run defense, 80% coverage. This guy looks incredible his stock is up right now for an overall rating of 78.3 looks like he could maybe even fill in that edge role if needed if we, if we were to grab this guy play well, kind of two I mean, at six, there. but it, yeah at six feet i mean not tall but probably has a speed on the edge but could drop back and cover as well i don't want to go any further in discussion i want to grab that kid i love it i love the pick that's a great pick gm Let's lock it in. All right, and let's wait till our next pick. Two, and we got two Go Michigan linebackers with Bentley and him. True. Bentley went to Bentley did go to Michigan, right? Yes. You you think I don't know I my would think, shit? I would think I would know that. I think he went to Michigan. Oh, I uh maybe. No, I think you might be thinking of Jabril Peppers. Did he not go to college? Why can't I find this? I literally can't find where Jacon Bentley went to college here. Um, okay. Well, I, I guess we're gonna have to figure that out another time. That's that's crazy. Um all right. Alabama State. Is that it? Offensive guard. We're looking at the wrong guy. Purdue. Regardless. Well, Purdue. Thank you. you That's the one. Yeah. Okay. That's That makes a lot more sense. That sounds correct. All right. Well, Big Ten. Okay. Another Big Ten. Guy. Big Ten. So, we're getting some Michigan guys in this draft class. Proven winners. Bringing that national championship energy over to the Pats. I don't mind it. All right. So, at 151 here, we've got three more trade offers coming in. Uh, Green Bay Packers offering 203 overall in the sixth this year, a fifth in 2025. Alex McGo, backup quarterback. I think that's just going to kill the no, deal for we us. We don't need another. No, no. Yep. Uh, we got the Ravens offering pick 169 overall. So we drop back 18 spots from where we are right now and picking up a sixth in 2025. No. Okay. 
And then we've got the Houston Texans offering 163 overall. We drop back 12 spots. We'd pick up an additional seventh this year at 247 overall, and we'd get a seventh in 2025. Um, before you state your case here, I'm going to minimize so we can see who's on the big board still, but I wouldn't mind taking yeah. this if we're not in love with any guy to be able to add another draft pick. I'm, I'm in, uh, inclined to agree with you on that. Okay. Uh, so we got our linebacker. We've got our tight end, running back. Okay, so here's here's what I'm thinking here, right? We go look for an edge, but like I said, if we don't fall in love with a guy, we can trade down. Or we potentially take another weapon, another receiver, and bolster that wide receiver room. What do, which, which route do you want to go here? I want to make, yeah, let's quickly look at an edge. But, you know, we already picked up a wide receiver. We have Douglas. We got the kid from LSU. Most likely we'll be able to find another free agent. Kendrick Bourne will be back. That's that's three. I, huh? I'm just saying that's that's three that I think we know going into this year. Demario Douglas in this situation, Brian Thomas, and Kendrick Bourne. I do think we get a deal and he comes back. But that leaves question marks over Devontae Parker, who I, I don't think it would be bad to move on from. And Tyquan Thornton, who's just been so-so in the couple of years that we've had him so far. Right, and you're forgetting the kid from LSU. No, I said that. Brian Thomas. That leaves three. Him, no, 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 Mario no. Douglas. The kid we got last year. What are you talking about? I don't think we drafted no. LSU wide receiver last year. Well, we did. All right, well, you look that up. I'm going to go through some I'm of these edges that we've got. We've got Darius Robinson, edge out of Missouri. Uh, versatile D-line, <clears throat> 6'5", 296, 47840. Gets 67% tackling, 84% pass rush, 88% run defense. Good run stuffer. That would be great because we got killed on the ground this year. For an 80.3 overall rating, we've got... Tyler Batty, edge out of BYU, uh, 6'5", 273, versatile D-lineman, 4'8", 540. We've got 70% at tackling, 75% pass rush, 78% run defense. Pretty steady guy for an 80.1 overall rating. we got Jasheen Davis, edge out of Wake Forest, 6'3", 259, uh, versatile D-lineman, running a 4'6", 240, 63% tackling, 83% pass rush, 76% run defense for an overall rating at 79.5. Um, we've got this guy out of Alabama. I'm not even going to try to say this last name because I know I'm going to butcher it. Justin, I I'll give it a shot. Justin Iboigby? I might have nailed that, actually. Subposition, versatile D lineman, 6'5", 292, running a 4940. 78% tackling, 66% pass rush, 90% run defense for an overall rating of 79.1. And then, oh my God, they're hitting me with all these names. Then we've got Zion Tupola Fatui, Fatui? edge rusher out of Washington, 6'4", 254, 4840. We've got 66% tackling, 70% pass rush. 65% run defense for an overall grade of 78.8. I think I'll stop it at those five guys. We'll decide between those. Did you figure out our LSU question mark? I, I'm getting there. 
right. Do you uh, do you have any thoughts on any of these edge linemen then? I think what we could do is probably Keyshawn Boyton. Boy, or oh, Keyshawn Booty. Yeah. Keyshawn. Okay. Yeah. Good point. So That's we're set. The, okay. So we're set at wide receiver, and with that draft trade, we just moved back a couple, and we gained something in the seventh and seventh next year. Correct. Yes. Correct. So let's let's make that trade. I like that. I was just about to say there's a couple of these guys I like here, and I imagine all of them will still be there in 12 picks. Um, so where where's our trade? Where Where's our trade? All right, maybe we don't have a trade here. Oh. Oh, maybe okay. They well, maybe they took it away. They they thought we were taking too long. They they pulled the trade off the table. So I guess we're picking an edge here. Um, out of the guys I mentioned, which one are you looking at? Um, to be honest, I wasn't really listening too much, trying to find someone. <laughs> so you go with the guy you want. All right. I think, uh, what we're going to do here is go. Is that an Alabama? Let's take the Alabama, Alabama I know. I was just about to say, I think that's who we're going with. Justin DeBoig, 6'5", 292, versatile D lineman, 4'9", 40. 90% run defense really caught my eye because, like I said, we got absolutely yep. obliterated on the ground defensively this year. I think we need some good run stuffers. Justin Aboig, welcome to New England. All right, so that'll conclude all of our fifth-round picks. We've got 182 in the sixth and 224 in the seventh still remaining. <clears throat> this is shaping up to be a, a great draft. I'm loving this, man. What position do you want to target here in, in the sixth, then? I think we have to bolster that middle um, offensive line, guard slash center type of guy. Okay. okay, I like it. Let me pull these up here as we wait. Oh, Joe Milton, the third to the Eagles in the fifth round, it says. That'd be interesting. We're pulling up here on our pick in three, two. Oh, no. There goes our guy, Trey Knox to the Panthers two picks before us. Imagine if we could have grabbed him too, along with um, McAllen Castles. That would have been awesome. Well, we've got no trade proposals. Makes sense. We're in the sixth round. We're all taking flyers on guys. Uh, JT Daniels just went to the commanders before us. But looking at the available O-linemen, got a lot of tackles. Um, the next one, JC Davis here. That's also a left tackle. So I guess... Our first center guard, Bryce Foster, that's still available, out of Texas A&M. Um, we've got, look at the salad on that guy. 6'5", 330 center, running a 4'9", 540. We've got 64% pass blocking, 58% run blocking, 77 overall grade. We've got Dylan McCannon out of North Carolina State, guard or center. So some versatility there, 6'4", 305, 5'10", 40, 70% pass blocking, 6'7% run blocking for an overall grade of 76.9. Not going to lie, I'm, I'm leaning him a little more than Bryce. Uh, Matthew Jones, offensive guard out of Ohio State, 6'4", 315. He can play left or right guard, running a 5'02", 40, 
74% pass blocking, 79% run blocking. His stock is going down apparently right now for 76.5 grade. And then lastly, we'll look at Maurice Smith, center out of Florida State, 6'3", 296, running a 5'240", 71% pass blocking, 72% run blocking. Who are you liking here? I, I am going to lean towards that NC State kid. I like the versatility. Um, big kid. Versatility. Let's go with him. Yeah, you nailed it on the head. I think that's where I was going to land there, too. Dylan, welcome to New England at pick 182. And that's going to bring us, after this little simulation, to our last pick in the seventh. We got overall pick 224. All right, so last pick, unless we get a trade here. Um, make your case. What position do you want us to look at? And then I'll make, I'll make my case for mine. I mean, we're bolstered at wide receiver, young. We got our quarterback. We got our, our backup or receiving um, running back, offensive tackle. We... In a trade, we got another guard, and we just picked up a center-guard combo. We got two linebackers. Um, we got a safety in a trade. We got our cornerback. I'm going to say a defensive tackle. We need additional potential. I mean, Lawrence Guy is getting up there. Um, I think we need defensive tackle. Okay. I was going to say, and this is strictly based off of, at this point in the draft, this is strictly based off of the fact that I'm, I'm looking at our impending free agents. Like I mentioned earlier, maybe losing uh, Josh Uche and, and Free Jennings. While those are the edge, and sometimes they could make their way there into the linebacking core, play that. <clears throat> We're also losing Mac Wilson. Yes, we have a linebacker. I think in the case of the Patriots, like we've seen, we've never had enough linebackers it seems like we're always drafting some more always trying to sign some more um i would think maybe get some depth here there uh but i'm fine looking at dt2 i think you won me over um okay so we are at our pick 224 uh we've got some d line at you said defensive tackle you're not looking for edge here correct yeah no defensive tackle so then we've got the first available or the best available let me say DeMonte Capehart out of Clemson, 6'5", 320. can play nose tackle or D-tackle. So anywhere along the line, running a 4'7", That's That's pretty fast for a big guy. Uh, we got 74% tackling, 74% pass rush, and 74% run defense. Clean sweep of the 74. Somehow he's got an overall rating of 75. Make that make sense. They're all 74. Uh, we'll move on to who's the next available DT. We've got Jason Jones out of Auburn. Uh, six six three eighty eight. You love that size there on the defensive line. Yeah, running a five one eight forty. Seventy seven percent tackling, seventy percent pass rush, seventy six percent run defense for an overall rating of seventy four. And then we've got Elijah Simmons here, D lineman out of Tennessee, six two three forty. Nose tackle, D tackle, running a five ten forty. Uh, we've got 64% tackling, 67% pass rush, but 80% rush defense for a 73 overall grade. Out of those, what, I said three? Yeah, I think three guys. Which one are you looking at the most? 
I love the fact that the Clemson guy is still available. We've seen them just develop defensive tackles. But when you just said that kid from Auburn at 6'6", six, six? Yeah, 338. Six, six, three no, not 388. 338. Three <laughs> but still, 6'6", six, six, 338. That's huge. That could That's really help deep. with our rush defense. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's take it. I like that one. I like that one. All right, Jason Jones out of Auburn. Welcome to New England, and welcome to, I guess, being the seventh round, being the last pick for us here in this mock draft. We'll let this run. We'll do a little recap of what we've got here. Uh, our reactions on the draft class as a whole, and then we'll move on to what I think, I mean, just with our timing here, we got we got about 27 minutes till 9 a.m. Uh, we might run our, our, last, our last topic here and then call it quits. I realized I, I wanted to, at the start of this one, start announcing what day it is at the start of the podcast so people know. Uh, I realize it doesn't help so much now that we're an hour and 15 minutes in. But it is January 17th, so if that does help uh, with the context of any of these picks, go wild, guys. And there we go. That's, okay, so let me give... Go ahead. That's two podcasts this week. I know. I, we're on an incredible pace. Uh, I'm going to name this draft title a New Era Mock Draft 1.0 because I imagine we'll be doing some more of these. I'm pretty sure I already have an account here. But let me just now, finish this one. Are you going to be ahead. able to? Are you going to be able to put that on our social media posts? I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, where can you? Uh, where can you find us? You find us on what for social media wise? All major platforms yeah. there as well. We've got the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter. Um, I think Instagram and Twitter are at a new era podcast. Uh, you handled the Facebook. What's the name on that one? That's just simply a new era podcast. Beautiful. Um, maybe eventually we'll get on the TikTok too. Who knows? Uh, but as of right now, that's where you can find us on the socials. Obviously, um, you know where you can find us podcast-wise. You're listening to us right now, but we're on all major platforms there as well. Let me pull up this draft here for one last look at it, and let me just run through here for the audience. So first round, number four overall, we took Drake May, quarterback out of North Carolina, the franchise for the New England Patriots. <clears throat> round two, pick 34, we took Brian Thomas, wide receiver out of LSU. And then at 35 in the second round, we took Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. In round three, pick 68, we took Kalen Carson, quarterback out of Wake Forest. In round four at 115, we took Donovan Edwards, running back out of Michigan. Round five, pick 139, McAllen Castles, tight end out of Tennessee. Round five, 140, Michael Barrett, linebacker out of Michigan. I think that was the edge. No, that wasn't the edge. That was the actual linebacker. <clears throat> round five, pick yeah, 151. He covered, too. What was that? He was, uh, he was the six-foot kid that could edge, speed, and cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very versatile guy. Um, round five, 151 overall. We've got, once again, I'm going to butcher this one more time for this podcast. Justin Boigby, 
I think. Uh, Edge out of Alabama, round six, pick 182. We've got Dylan McCannon out of North Carolina State, a center to bolster that offensive line. And then round seven, pick 224, we've got D-lineman Jason Jones out of Auburn. I'm loving this draft, man. I think we did a great job with it. We hit all of our needs that we want. Added, added depth. Love it. Yeah, I, I love what we're doing there. Maybe they need to hire us on as GM if they're looking for a new one. We well, can... uh, supposedly, what I read this morning, we may not be doing a GM, giving Mayo some some authority, uh, along with Grow and uh, somebody else in player development. Yeah, I, I know the two guys you're talking about. I saw their names on Twitter this week, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Um, you know what? That's cool. Um, as we mentioned last episode, I love Mayo. I love the hiring. I love what it's going to bring. I don't know if I want to give him GM capabilities right away. I, I, no. I want to see if maybe no, that's something no, we can dangle. I yeah. I, I think Are that... He he needs to concentrate on the team and and developing and, and coaching yep. the team. Yep. Yeah, give him that rah rah. Hey, you know I want to come play with the youngest coach. You know that kind of stuff. But to really make a trade, to really do all that, no. Yeah, I think that's something he's got to learn and, and may learn with experience later down the road. But uh, I don't think off the bat that would be the smartest move. Um, but okay. I think we well, should send them this. We should send the Patriots this draft. We should. Could you imagine they take any of the guys outside of Drake May? Because I, I feel like that's a given almost. What if they're looking at our mock draft and they're like, oh, look at these guys. They made some good picks, actually. They, <laughs> they made some picks on some needs that we have. Let's follow this. That'd be hilarious. Um, okay, so moving on from the Patriots, I know I feel like that's that has been all we've talked about in these first two episodes so far. And we are a Boston sports podcast, so let's show a little more love to the other teams, uh, especially when those other two teams are the Boston Celtics and the Boston Bruins, <clears throat> who are both uh, absolute monsters this year. I mean, let's just be honest. They are, they are both powerhouses, and uh, whereas people thought the Bruins were going to slip up potentially this year uh, with losing so many guys, and you, know, you, can't, you, you can't follow up a season where you make history like you did last year, um, they are still holding it down. They're first in the Atlantic Division, 26, 8, and 9 right now. Uh, 61 overall points, I think, just in their they're number one in the East. That is it. And then in the league, this is what I was looking at yesterday. We're only one point behind the Jets and the Canucks at 62. So they, they are absolutely putting in work, doing their thing again. And then we move over to the Celtics, who I think might be even more dominant of a force. Um, number one in the league, 31 and nine right now. Got three games up on the Bucks for second in the East. Uh, they actually play the Spurs today. That'll be a nice little tune-up game, uh, and, and they should beat down on them. But my question to you, Dad, and and I'm not sure how much you paid attention to either team. If you had to pick one, first off, this isn't the question, but which one would you say you're a little more comfortable with and knowledgeable about their run so far this year? Uh, been watching a lot of Bruin games um, on ESPN+. Plus. And have not watched much Celtics or leaned and, and 
watched, you know, through through the social media platforms, what they've been doing. Um, probably only because I feel as if they had a, a great understanding going into the year with their needs, and I just feel it's just on autopilot right now. Um, worried if we have any injuries, but I think we have plenty of, you know, some depth. Obviously, we can look to add to that, but I think Brad Stevens is a fantastic GM for the team. Um, so just kind of, yeah, just letting that roll. Uh, let's, you know, worry about, obviously, basketball after the NBA All-Star Game. Really, that's when it gets started, I think. So, but watching a lot of Bruins lately. You know, I love how you put that about the Celtics autopilot. That's beautiful. That's, I, I think that's exactly how it's been. I've been looking for the right word, but that, that seems to be it. These guys are firing on all cylinders, and it really is just an autopilot. They know what they need to do. They came into the year, they're looking for the banner. Uh, they're out here for, you know, some redemption. We're not going to get into that same situation as, you know, down 3 0 to Miami again. Um, this is, this is a good team. They're both good teams. Um, but it's good that you side with the Bruins. Cause I feel like I pay a little more attention to the Celtics. If anything, um, I, I was watching a lot of Bruins hockey at the start of the year and falling off a little bit when the, when the football season got back into the swing. But <clears throat> with that being said, both teams, I think are poised to make a great run in their respective Eastern conference. Both have the one seed available for him can can go up and grab it um granted you know i'm not sure how those playoff matchups would work right now or what's projected and there's still a lot of season left for both um but with that being said what you've seen from the teams now um any moves that they make have made or may potentially make leading up to their trade deadlines which team if you had to pick one are you more confident in is going to go through and hoist up the trophy this year and win their title. You know, we've done this once before, but it was a year after. So we've gone, I think it was Celtics, and then the next year, the Bruins. So I think it was the Patriots. I think we actually did all four sports, right? Red Sox, um, Celtics, well, Patriots, Bruins, following. Bruins' last Stanley Cup was 2011. Then Celtics' last finals was that 08, I want to say? Yeah. Um, 08, then you got 11 for the Bruins. You got, you know, 07 for the Red Sox. You got, well, we don't want to talk about the Patriots Super Bowls around that time. But... Anyways, yeah, I mean, we've, we've had this before with the success. I mean, we've seen the success out of four teams all at once, um, but that's just been the last 20 years. But this year, with both of these guys being how it is, I feel like this is different than we, I, I at least have ever seen. Yeah, so my point being, we've been very close to holding championships in both those sports, I think, a year or two years apart. I'm going to say this will be the year both of them will win. Man, you took the you took the fucking easy route. I asked you which one are you most confident in, and you said both. <laughs> I, I I really think both are. Um, both had great runs last year. Well, 
not I mean the Bruins regular season obviously playoffs they they fizzled out but I think Swayman is incredible this year in net taking over that 1A um I was a tad worried about the lines thinking we're too heavy um on our top line but DeBrusque I think is and and just watched a game the other night and I think the second line uh, Geeky's doing really good so I think that I'm not as worried about that second line and that kid uh Frederick had an incredible diving goal the other night with that mm-hmm. uh, open netter just tons of speed so I love all the lines we have right now defensively I mean great pairings on the defense and we already just mentioned Celtics are an autopilot did great with getting Porzingis so maybe another move they need um as the center but I'm I'm going to say both this will be the year that you'll see both winter sports coming home to one city you know what I love it obviously um god we would go crazy for that and, and you did mention the kid frederick in uh in boston for the bruins that is uh don't forget that man matthew patra i mean that kid started out the year incredibly hot and i think um with him being so young yeah there's stuff to worry about maybe in the playoffs and and how he's going to handle them but um i think them getting him in their early season and keeping him involved with the team is really going to help his uh development and i, I don't feel like he's going to look like a rookie once it comes into the playoffs there. I really feel like he's going to fall into place. Um, you know what? I'll I'll be the guy that makes the decision then because you want to take the easy okay. way here. Yeah. I'm uh I'm going to say the same. But yes. But yet if they don't both do it, I'm going to look like a complete utter jackass. Yeah. Well, you're not new to that. Um, we've got I'm going to say the Celtics. <laughs> I think just from what I've seen, the way that this team goes, man, I wholeheartedly believe there's not a single team in the NBA in a seven-game series that can beat this Celtics team four times. I just I think that's what it comes down to. They are two. They are a well-oiled machine. <laughs> They've got the depth. They've got. I mean, the starting five. There's a possibility that all starting five is in the All-Star game. Uh, not starters, obviously, but. Um, everybody knows their role. Everybody is, you know, playing together. Um, I think, you know, we have seen teams in the past, uh, granted this is when, you know, Tatum was a bit younger and Jalen Brown, but you remember like when they made a run in, I think it was 2018, uh, and they had the guys of Terry Rozier and, and Tatum and Brown and, it felt like there was just a little too many mouths to feed and, uh, you know, Eagles were getting hurt and, you know, I want the ball, I want the ball sort of game. This team is playing for each other. They don't care about their personal stats. I think they all walked into this year and they said, we don't give a shit what happens. We want to raise Banner 18. And I think when you've got a team that from game one to game 82 has that mindset and is going forward as a team like that, and, <clears throat> I mean, you can see just – the results that they put up 31 and nine through 40 games. I mean, it's an incredible pace. And I think 
like I said, I don't think anybody's beaten them in a series. In seven games, I think the Celtics are going to come out on top. I think they will, if anyone does, between the Celtics and the Bruins, I think they will be hosting the trophy. Um, I, I also think, yes, the Bruins could make a run. But as we saw last year, playoff hockey is a different atmosphere. And I think compared to any other sport, I think playoff hockey is the one that could be the weirdest one out of them all. Um, as opposed yeah. to, you know, basketball and, or stuff. And mentioning that we're almost two line. Our number one line is is by far our top line. Um, and yet we might have to break that up, come into playoffs, so you have more versatility um, to be able to handle playoff uh, NHL hockey, which you need. So, it, I mean, I'll go... A plus Celtics, A to the Bruins, or A minus, but I think both can have a deep run, and we could see both winning. We want to see both winning. Could you imagine our podcast winning that? Because what Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals are going to run around the same time. I mean, could you imagine the podcast where we get to stand up here and have on a, a NBA Champions Celtics T-shirt, and you got an MB, or NHL Champions Bruins T-shirt, and we're just going to be so annoying in that episode for you guys. You guys are not yeah. going to hear the end of it. Um, that's awesome though. Well, I uh, I like. I like the point, um, you know, go Bruins, go Celtics. Let's keep it rolling. I mean, we're, you know, a little over halfway through the season. Celtics are the t- game tonight will officially be the halfway point through the season. I think the Bruins are almost on the way there. So great first halves for both. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, let's keep winning games. Let's just keep being dominant forces, man. Don't let your foot off the pedal. Let's just win. Let's just go out there and let's just kick ass. <clears throat> but I love it both. All right. Um, we we already mentioned the divisional games. We didn't. So I was saying we were going to maybe do that at the end, but we, we ran into perfect timing here. Um, perfect. So before, before I end it off here, before I give our conclusion, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say at the end of episode two here? No, I mean... I think we've given, uh, hopefully, our audience, um, again, fan favorites. We will fully admit it, um, but we ran through, I think, some some great uh, draft items, talked about our winter sports here. Um, I think all we have left is for our next week, look to see if we rebound from our disastrous picks from the week before at least mine hopefully i do a little bit better and maybe we can talk a little bit about that summer sport uh, baseball what's that wait with the the one with the red shoes or the red socks uh the the dumpster fire and yeah. yeah 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 yeah. 100%. yeah. Um, yeah yeah maybe are they doing anything worthwhile are they making no they're not making any more i mean Signed Lucas Giolito, but that's about all the news that I've cared about the Red Sox in the last two months. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll touch on that. But, all right, awesome. Well, this was fun. Um, that mock draft was super fun. I, I knew it would be a lot of fun, but then getting on here and doing that was, it, <clears throat> that was pretty yeah, awesome. We'll, so, have to run, we'll have to run probably two more before the draft. Yeah, yeah, maybe one more in, you know, 
one more around the combine, and then yeah. one more week before the draft or something like that. Um, I like that. that. That's a good. That's a good game plan. So we'll get that going in the future. But with that being said, uh, we are out of here. Appreciate all of you guys stopping in, and listening. Hope you had a lot of fun. Uh, we sure as hell did. Uh, we will catch you again on what's the date on Monday? Do you know? I don't. Twenty second. We will catch you again on the morning of the twenty second. Uh, we will be releasing episode three on Monday morning, and going forward, we're going to aim for Monday morning being our um, our release date for the episode for that week. This week, we just we got so excited, we just kept talking. We had to throw two out here. So. Um, Hope you guys have a great day. Hope you guys end the week off well. Have some fun watching some divisional football this weekend. Go Celtics. Go Bruins. Football. Football. Go Celtics. Go Bruins. And we will catch you guys next time.